Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Ellen. And you're listening to our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. Uh, This week, we are talking about Girls of Fate and Fury by Natasha Nong. Um, It is the third book in the Girls of Paper and Fire trilogy. Um, It continues the story of Leigh and Ren and their rebellion and their um, journeys and and their growth along the way and mm-hmm. yeah I would say I saw yeah. a lot of growth between this book and like well basically thinking about the series as a whole like this mm-hmm. book really just completes that um which makes sense since it's a trilogy so with that maybe i should say uh spoiler alert we are going to be talking in depth about this book and we'll probably make references to the prior two mm-hmm. books in this trilogy so i also you... oh sorry no, go ahead no Finish go ahead that. well i was also just gonna say also i think we've done this in our pre- previous two episodes as well but um, certainly a trigger warning for rape and sexual assault. And... Oh my gosh, yes. I yeah. So that was provided in like the beginning of these books. Mm-hmm. And I just really need to reiterate like how absolutely amazing I think that is and how mm-hmm. it somehow needs to become a standard in our society and across literature. Uh, yeah, because I agree. It's so necessary, um, and and I, I continue to think that she has done a fantastic job of handling that and having it be such a main driving force in these books without it being um, glorified or gratuitous or anything like that. Like I think. Um, mm-hmm. Like romance and novels I, I remember sometimes be- do. <laughs> what? Romance novels sometimes, like... Uh, For sure. But it's not even just romance novels. It's things like Game of Thrones and all of these other things, you know, that sometimes it feels like the rape is in there just for the shock value. Yeah. Um, or, like, all of the, like, Regency and Highland romances where... <laughs> They marry against their will, and then the first night of marriage is technically rape, but it's totally fine because they fall in love, and that's amazing, slash, like, that's what our culture was, and it was totally acceptable to force a woman <laughs> to get married and then sleep Yay! <laughs> Yay, colonization! <laughs> Yay, um, patriarchy! We love woo-hoo! it! <laughs> Um, All right. But yeah, I think, she, and I and I remember being struck in the other two as well, just how well she folds that into the storyline. And um, yeah, I agree with so, that immensely. But yes, I, I think a trigger warning is important. Yeah. So trigger warning and to. finishing the typical. You don't like. <laughs> I know. I totally you cut you off. Are. I'm so sorry. We have a hard time associating with you. Except for Jess, we still like you. (laughs) Except for Jess, you're right, of course. (laughs) Um, 
but still, like, if you don't care, please listen. And if you do care, pre- please read these books. But also, like, note the trigger warning is definitely there for a reason. And so mm-hmm. if, if you think that that's something that you should be concerned about, really seriously consider that before reading these books. And yeah. Otherwise, I would say they're really great. And it's, um, I think, a really important way to start talking about this kind of trauma in the way that it's talked about because I don't know that there's really anywhere else that I can think of or at least very few places in society um, that kind of talk about it at this level in a way that's like approachable so yeah absolutely I agree so with that being said Alexandra I don't know why I just full named you um (laughs) I mean I still respond to my full name (laughs) I know but when have I ever in my life actually called you Alexandra? Um, anyways, did you have a favorite character? Yes. I think my favorite character is Ren. I don't know that I remember who my favorite characters were, like who I chose in the other books. She was for sure your favorite in at least one, if not both of them. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because <laughs> um, we just read those so long ago um, because this book wasn't out when we read the first two. Um, and, you know, I just love me a badass warrior chick. Um, mm-hmm. I love that, like, she was raised as a leader Um but is really in this book trying to figure out like what that looks like as more responsibility is being put on her shoulders from her dad and like the struggle of like what she's been raised to think is right versus what she's been learning, especially through her time with lay. And um, I just found that that entire journey as she's like trying to grapple with her inner self and values and everything um really intriguing and fun to read yeah so that's why she was my favorite i would agree she's pretty fantastic was she Um, your favorite or no or a partial favorite i mean i very much enjoy her character and i and i loved reading about her and i found her very compelling for a lot of the same reasons that you did um, but Lei was my favorite, and I'm pretty sure she is, um, I don't think she was my favorite in the first book, but, like, only by a hair. Um, but I know she was one of my two in the, in the last one. Um, I'm just, I love her growth, especially in this book, like, um, and I love that she grows, and becomes more sure of herself without losing the um, empathetic part of herself. Um, and she really sticks to her metal and her and her um, core values. And she doesn't let anything, including these horrific things that have happened to her and the people around her, um, she doesn't let that shake what she knows to be right and, and the the right thing to do so Mm -hmm. um and then also i just really love nita she's so goofy and hilarious and of course she named her wheelchair battle chair (laughs) oh my god that oh 
I was, that was so terrible when we are initially introduced to her in this book for the first time. Like, yes, obviously we know we've been introduced to her, but like the first time, like she right. reappears, we finally know what's happened to her. And, oh gosh, that's just. Yeah. Terrible. But I love that even immediately, like they think she's like sobbing because of what has happened to her. And she's just like, I'm happy you guys. <laughs> like I'm home to you. I made it, you know, yeah. we're all together or mm-hmm. most of us are together and you know yeah uh so this is really bad but it reminded me uh that i wanted to tell you this anyways that i saw this <laughs> really okay. cute dog yesterday when i was driving back here but i got really sad because it had wheels and it's like back legs <laughs> they he couldn't use them but he was like so happy going on his walk with his owner and like I was so happy, but also, like, very close to tears. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, I actually have a, or there was a video that I watched once, and it was this lady, and she's like, my dog loves off-roading. And we were like, and, like, we being the audience like, she doesn't tell you right away what that means. And then she's, like, in the woods, though. And then all of a sudden you just hear, like, yips in the background. And then she goes and finds her dog, who also can't use his back legs. And he's got, like, wheels. And he has, like, flipped himself over. And she's like, now, before you guys get all mad, like, why does she, why do I keep taking my dog out when he gets stuck and she's like let me show you what happens and she like flipped him back over and he ran and then like threw himself like over another like little ridge and like (laughs) got him she's like he loves it (laughs) like and it was very cute because it was very clear that he was having just the time of his life but he also kept intentionally like flinging himself oh my god wait i feel like that's kind of like nita a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> she would 100% just, like, make people catch up to her, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and pick her back up. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm totally going to take this wheelchair and go down this giant hill that is not, there's not a road there. Yeah. Meet no, it's, I mean, there was even... That was even in the part, like, right away when she was like, look what I can do. And she was doing, like, popping a wheelie on her <laughs> wheelchair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't slow her down. <laughs> True. Okay, so she was your second favorite character. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. But the, these books are fantastic because there's just a lot of characters to like. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, it's not that you can ever really go wrong with your favorite character, but, like, I especially feel like these ones were ones where you can't really go wrong with your favorite character. <laughs> There's a lot to choose from for a lot of similar and different reasons. Mm-hmm. So. Very, very true. Did you have a favorite pop? <laughs> what was that? Do you want to try that uh, again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let's try that again. Uh, did you have a favorite part? Um, I'm trying to think... Uh, I don't know that I did. I mean, I guess I kind of liked 
the parts at the end of the book where Lei was back in her village and she like was with her dad and they had like taken in some of the other um, paper girls and were like helping them heal and like trying to help them see like what their life could be moving forward um and I just like enjoyed seeing them trying to like fit back into a normal life and being like yeah. "Ooh, there's a baby and everyone's so excited and and a puppy <laughs> that too yeah <laughs> puppies and babies just give me those I mean, and I'll be I'll be great <laughs> right yeah what about you So I had, um, I guess, sort of a favorite theme, because these are all the little parts that were my favorite throughout the whole thing, uh, being the book. Um, And mine was sort of reconnection. Like, I felt like this book, in addition, of course, to finishing the story and all the other big things, was just so centrally focused on reconnection and um, finding your way back to each other, not just with Lei and Ren, but with all of the paper girls and the characters that we met in the second book. And, you know, like it was just a big, and like all of those little tidbits in between all, like, I mean, cause there's no doubt that the, all of these books are heavy books, you know, but those, those little parts were just so for the most part, so refreshing and nice and um, nice little respites from the <laughs> the craziness that was the rest yeah. of this book. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, this series you, is did, um, definitely heavy and difficult to read, yeah. but at the same time, it was still really good. Yeah. I mean, I still tore through all of them. I mean, I don't think it took me very long to read any of them. Because despite, yeah, despite how difficult it is, it's well-written and, mm-hmm. and gripping. You know, I I needed, to, I needed to know what happened next. Right. <laughs> um, did you have any favorite quotes? I did. Let me see. I think I just had two. That's more than me. Okay. Um, so, again, I think this kind of ties into why Ren was my favorite character. Um, that this quote, again, stood out to me as part of the theme of trying to figure out, like, what's right and wrong? Do those things change in a certain situation? Or, you know, like, kind of things that we've talked about in this podcast multiple times, like when there are extraneous circumstances, is it okay to do absolutely anything to save a loved one? Or, you know, like, where's the line? And does the line in the sand move? And are you still, like, good person versus bad person, et cetera? Um, So this is something that Ren is thinking to herself, I think, or remembering something that Lei told her that was a little unclear to me but it is how many more murders will you commit in the name of justice until you realize you're as bad as those we're meant to be fighting against mm-hmm. yeah and I was like that's a really good question and I don't think I can answer that 
<laughs> I know. It's um it's something it's so powerful and you know, that was another I liked that one a lot too. Um because it's another one of those, you know, of, of my favorite categories of quotes that are applicable, not just in the context of the book, but in the real world, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things that were applicable in, um, like, other books, like, I guess, spoiler alert for The Hunger Games, but, like, at the end, right, when she kills, instead of killing President Snow, she kills Coin, right? I think that's her name, because she realized that she was going to be just as bad for the new world as snow had been for the old world oh right 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 mm-hmm. and that's how i that's also how i felt when um ren's dad died i was like i'm glad he's dead because he was not gonna be what the new world needed um yeah and um i think that quote perfectly exemplifies why right like um because her dad was not a good man <laughs> by any stretch of the word. Um, no, he wasn't. And, and he didn't have a place in the new world where they were supposed to try or going to be building bridges. And mm-hmm. I was very glad that he did not make it through. Yeah. So my next favorite quote is also a very applicable to the real world. Um, just like, hit way too close to home (laughs) fuck the patriarchy like ah hell yeah okay so it is um oh and this is lay i think when she's thinking about the scars that she left on the king like when she Mm -hmm. sees him for the first time because she didn't get to see like what she had actually done when she attacked him and then just fled um, and so this is what she's thinking as she, like, finally sees him for the first time. I'd overlooked the fact that men grown men grow more respected the more marks and years they collect, while for women, mm-hmm. losing youth is a slow stripping away of our worth. Yeah. And I was just like, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Why is that so true? I hate the world! <laughs> That's basically yeah. It's um, um yeah. How fuck. how I felt. Obviously, I have quite a soapbox that I could get up on here. A lot of Girl. angst. <laughs> I don't know if angst is even the right word. I think anger might just be the right word in, yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Um. That reminds me. What was happening? I don't know. I was doing something with my mom. And I have I have some RBF right so. Sometimes if I'm just sitting there, I look angry. Mm. And she's like, are you, are you, she's like, are you angry? And I was like, no. And I was like, well, not at anything like immediate. (laughs) And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm angry about a lot of stuff, but nothing that's applicable to this current situation. (laughs) And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, what don't I mean? (laughs) That's like the patriarchy, racism, sexism, like... (laughs) A whole lot of isms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, ah, oh, got it. Got that's it. Fair. <laughs> that's very fair. Oh. oh my God. I remember at your guys' house here, here being in, not in Madison, in Racine, having dinner with you guys. And I don't know if it was your mom 
or someone told me that I had like resting bitch face for the first time. <laughs> I was like, what? I can like picture us all in your dining room. And I don't remember like what the conversation was or right. anything. That's um, so funny. Yeah. I don't know why that just popped into my head. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. So I had more favorite quotes than you did. You did. Wow. Um, I think part of it was that I, I was j- very sucked into this book, and I just, um, and and it's interesting because I don't always love split um, point of views, mm-hmm. um, mostly because I often feel like. Oh my god, what, like you just left this person. Yeah, the amount of times that you can have a cliffhanger in a book like this is like Yeah, it's infinite. too much. But I thought this one was done really well. Like it didn't I there was a couple times, but I felt like it was like the right number of times without it being like Oh my god, my nerves are fried. Mm-hmm. Right? Um so I thought just overall this book was done really well, but also the storyline was so compelling that I just felt like I was like, I just need to keep going. I'm pretty sure I read this book in like a day. Like I was just, excuse me. Um, I couldn't put it down. Um, so I was just a little bit sucked into that. Um, so do you not have any favorite quotes then? No, I have one. Okay. Um, but the thing is, is like, I, I remember that there were quite a few lines that I was like, oh yeah, I should write that down. And then I was like, or I could just keep reading. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there were quite a few things in here that I mm-hmm. was very drawn to, but this was the only one that I apparently took the time to write down. Fair. Um, so this one, um, I'm a go says it to Ren when she's first showing her around this little, um, the Southern. Yeah. Whatever, whatever those called. like four magical pockets are. Yeah. That's kind of how I yeah, exactly. I forget what they're, they're called, in the, yeah. They're in the Southern one and she's showing her around. She's telling Ren about her family. Um, and she says, um, Storytelling is a wonderful kind of magic, don't you think? It's how we keep people alive in our hearts long after they are gone. Um, And I thought that was beautiful, and it's true. And it's interesting because it can be so hard when when the pain is super fresh to try to think about memories or stories or... um. But, like, not to brag, but as someone who has lost a lot of people in my life, um, it, you get to a point where you really relish those stories and you um, seek them out and you want, because you want to know more about the the loved one that you're missing. So um, I thought that was really beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I remember reading that and wondering if you are going to pull that out as one of your favorite quotes. <laughs> I did. It's wow. like you know me or something. I know, it's weird. <laughs> um, Alright, so one of the things that struck me pretty quickly in this book, um, because it starts in Ren's point of view, 
Um, and one of the things that I realized really quickly is that I did not like Ren without Lei. Like, the Ren that was being controlled and manipulated by her father. Like, um, he had so much anger and resentment and wanted so much revenge from I mean and also understandably like I get why he was so angry and wanted so much revenge and all of that but like he was just I could just see so clearly already that he was just like using her left and right that I was like I do not like because she just sort of became unchecked right like she just sort of was thinking further and further into the Ren that her father wanted her to be, right? Just the assassin, the, you know, the weapon, and not the human being, you know? Yeah. I can understand where you would see that. I think it was really great to see her having to grapple with all of this on her own. Oh, for sure. um seeing how she would justify things based on what she knew growing up, but then remember what Leigh had taught her. And if I'm remembering correctly, I think in some of the earlier books, I just, like, some of Leigh's viewpoints just came off as, like, very naive to me. And so, like, I would just get annoyed and be like, that's so unrealistic. Like, it's unachievable. Um, And... So to be able to see someone who's not like that, mm-hmm. who I find I can relate to a little bit more just in the way that she thinks, um, mm-hmm. and who's a little bit more... Plus all the assassin magical training. Right, because that is me <laughs> to a T. Obviously, I am a magically right. trained assassin. Thank you for telling the world. Shoot, I'm so sorry. The <laughs> secret is out. Um, yeah, so I, I liked all of that because... I think some of the ways that she was like justifying things to me were very interesting in walking that line and trying to figure out where that line is and how you go about making these decisions. And I think her decisions made a lot more sense to me than some of Lay's decisions, I think, earlier on. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, to clarify, I was very interested in reading about her and getting more information about Ren and the way she was thinking and why she did what she did and and all of that. I just, like, what I mean when I said I don't like her without Lay, it's, it's, um, um, I could just see her in some instances, like even stepping farther and farther away from who she was as a, like, like I could just see, I guess maybe like what her life would be if she never found Leia again, or if she hadn't found Leia in the first place. Mm. Um, and mostly I just was sad for her because <laughs> her dad is a shithead. <laughs> no, but her dad definitely made me think like how many other people men in particular who are in power are like him where 
on the surface, it seems like he's doing all of these great things for all of these fantastic reasons. Mm -hmm. But then when you dig deeper and deeper and deeper, you find out that actually he's done some really atrocious things and the way that he views the world is just like so not moral <laughs> at all right um yeah yeah it just because it, there were so many instances where you're like or i don't know maybe that wasn't true for you but there were many instances throughout this series but again in this book too because i think it was the last book where we were introduced to the fact that her dad wasn't like the great rebel leader that we thought he was like he is but there was like more to that and it was Mm -hmm. like darker yet there was enough of him looking like the good guy and the one Mm -hmm. who's leading like the rebel cause um that i like fell very quickly back into like him being a leader that i wanted to succeed in this Mm -hmm. book um but then there were those like instances that kept piling up where you're just like oh wow (laughs) oh my god that is really bad um but most people didn't know about those things so and i'm just like ooh, what like powerful businessmen in this world or like leaders of countries are hiding all of these terrible things that they do yeah unfortunately i i think the answer is a large quantity of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm already a little too cynical as a person, so maybe I shouldn't think about this and just set it aside and not I mean, I think further. I mean, I think there's something to be said about truly moving through that, right? So, like, if there is a large quantity of them, or, like, even with... Um, what is her dad's name? Kitai? Yeah, I think that's her dad's name. Uh, Yeah, I just remember his last name. I don't remember. Yeah, I think that first name sounds correct. Um, He, um, even if he learned and grew out of those things, that's a very different situation, right? Like, because the thing is, we're all human. We've all made mistakes. We've all, hopefully learned and grown through those mistakes and ideally everybody is making the best choices they can with the information that they have you know like in an ideal (laughs) utopian world everybody is is working to make the best choices that they can with whatever given situation that they're in right um and so there were certainly moments where like i was hope like i just kept hoping that like he would take that step and he would move through it and like realize how damaging he was as a father. And, um, or even like the part where he finally found out that Ren and Lei were lovers. Like he had a beautiful moment. He's like, Oh, I didn't even realize that that was like how your relationship was. And he, I think says, I'm sorry. 
but then like immediately does something shitty right afterwards. And I was like, ah, you were so close. I know. Like, you were so close. And then you told Leia to sacrifice herself. Oh. I know. Like, oh, it's just like, it's like half a step forward and like 12 back. Like, Ugh, I know. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it feels a little bit like uh, Tyra Banks in that episode of America's Next Top Model when she screamed at the girl and she's like, we were all rooting for you. And like, maybe we weren't all rooting for him, but like, I think hopefully everybody was hoping that he would get his head out of his ass. But oh yeah, I am always there for a good redemption arc. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like <laughs> maybe that's only true in books because... In person, I tend to hold a grudge <laughs> and not not able to get past um, how people used to be, aka Max. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who know, <laughs> the like complete change in personality senior year. Uh, sorry, I just couldn't believe it. There was no redemption. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm t- I'm harsh. Harsh, bitter. Note to self, do not get on Alex's bad side. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I really just come off as super sweet and kind, but it's all a facade. <laughs> yes, she's the worst. You've heard it here first, people. She's mm-hmm. so mean. She punches babies. Yes. She... It's part of the magical assassin training. Right, mm-hmm. right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for everyone that you have to listen to our <laughs> very odd comedy and senses of humor. Uh, I think we're hilarious. <laughs> okay, back to the book. Um... um trying to so there's a part um in the book <laughs> wow that you want to try that again i don't know why i felt the need to clarify what part i was talking like i don't know why i felt the need to clarify in this with the, in this book um but there's a part after um we've sort of been reintroduced to lay she's at the palace And then the other paper girls get brought in. Um, And um, she's talking to, I think, Chenna. And Chenna says something like, oh, you're just going to leave us again. And, like, Lei is like, oh, that was never my intention. And Chenna's like, I understand that that wasn't your intention. But you left us and we were fucked, right? Like... Um, unfortunately, literally and figuratively. Uh. Um, but like, you know, like she's like, you left us and it hurt and it (laughs) was not a good situation here for us. And I was so like proud feels like a weird word to use, but I was so proud of Lei. She didn't become defensive. She didn't, like, because it would be so easy to, right? Like, to buckle down and be like, well, I didn't mean to. Like, it's not my fault. Like, it's not my fault, right? Like, it would be so easy to, like, 
become defensive about that. But she like very immediately was like, that's true. I'm, it certainly wasn't my intention, but I am sorry that that's what happened because I care about you all. And and I was just so, I was like, good job, Leigh. That was really, that was really impressive. And that was sort of, I think one of the first parts, I mean, I've, I've already, we've already seen quite a bit of growth, especially from the first book into the second one, but that was sort of the first, I feel like, step in her huge growth that she made throughout this whole book was sort of her um, acknowledging that fact. Because it's, I mean, it's certainly true, right? Like, I mean, we, apologizing for whatever wrong that we've done doesn't erase the fact that it happened, right? It just acknowledges that you're at fault. And the thing is, is just because you didn't mean for it to be your fault doesn't mean that it's not, you know, like, um, yeah, I think that's a lot of where a lot of hurt comes from. And a lot of our like societal isms, racism, sexism, what have you. One of the main things that keeps that going is a lot of what we're doing isn't necessarily intentional, but it's still extremely harmful to oh, like, yeah. large portions mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. But then people then get their backs up against a wall and are like, oh no, like I didn't, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. Well, that that's great. Okay. However, this is how it <laughs> right. came across. So you don't have to, apologize that you were like super mean and did this on purpose however you should recognize that that's how you came across or whatever you did Mm -hmm. um so yeah i also wasn't found that point in the book yeah um, because we don't see that very often i don't think no i thought it was yeah i thought it was a beautiful addition to that um I'm trying to look at my notes, but oh, I, think I wrote just very few, but that were very long. So I'm having okay. trouble actually figuring out what I wanted to talk about. Well, I'll go with my next one and, and maybe by then you'll think of something. So this also sort of goes hand in hand with the growth that I was seeing in Lay. But uh, the part where um, uh, the the first explosion, the one that was supposed to get her out of the palace happens and uh mistress himura is um unconscious and lei has a moment where she's like i could just kill her nobody would even know it'd be so easy to blame on on the explosion and it happened in the aftermath and she'd be gone and nobody would know the difference and then she doesn't and i um i thought that was really again, sort of that next stepping stone in her um, journey in, in sort of realizing that, yes, she was awful to all of them, but she was also in an impossible situation. And to just flat out murder her <laughs> was maybe not the right step in her journey. Yeah. So I was I don't know, with very that... proud of her. I then kind of play the devil's advocate here. When mm-hmm. she 
made that decision, I immediately was like, oh, that's going to bite you in the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's a reason to <laughs> say right, that exactly. murder is totally fine. Um, but again, the murder whole... is fine if if the person's going to come back and bite you in the butt later in life. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, but it's the whole, you know, everything's gray. How do you make decisions? Who do you factor in? What's that? Like, what is the ethical way to do anything? What even are ethics? Like, I held a whole class last year on it, and I can't tell you anything. Uh, so. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to... Um, to what grapple to grapple with I don't know if that's really where I was going with that but that's fine like that was where I was going it seems like a (laughs) relatively normal response um so I wanted to ask you if you had a similar reaction uh, that I had in the book. Um, But when we... I don't remember if it was the first time that we were reintroduced to the king or if it was just one of the times when Leia is with the king. Hmm? In this book, right? Yes, in this book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And he paints the most compelling story I have ever heard and his manipulation of events was so on point again this Mm -hmm. kind of goes back to um, everything with Kitai too where you don't really know like what's actually happening like he's painting himself as this like amazing person and this is why like complete lies um, and then this is also where one of my favorite quotes comes in, where Leia is, like, shocked that he's saying all these things that are completely untrue, and everyone around her is just, like, soaking it up and taking it as the gospel. Um, mm-hmm. And then she was like, oh, well, and of course, like, he now has even, like, more authority and prestige because of all of the scars that I gave him on, in, like, when I attacked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really just very strongly reacted to that scene. I don't know if you have a similar. I mean, I think I was. um, I don't know that I had probably exactly that reaction, but I mean, I was like, um, um, it's interesting because this whole book these whole books, all of them, are um, not only really important books for um, survivors of sexual assault, uh, for um, marginalized women, but it's also such an interesting, I'm going to say allegory, but I don't know if that's the correct term. Um, But it's such an interesting allegory for racism too right like um and obviously of course in the case of this book it's these 
humanoid animals and humans, but I mean, it's, it's racism. Um, and it was so interesting to me in that scene because she's like, oh my God, everybody believes this now. Probably even the people whose side I'm on are going to believe this, that I like have switched sides and whatever. And then she talks to maybe Madam, uh, uh, I can't remember her last name, Azani, Azari, uh, as I don't remember Azami, I think. Yes, Azami. And she is like, that's not true. And she's like, yeah, nobody with half a brain is going to believe it. Like, and nobody who matters is going to believe it. And I, um, in that part of that scene, at least, I was like, that's so interesting, right? Because it's, if you look at it just specifically from the race point of view, right? It's like... (laughs) People who don't want to listen to what the truth is, the people who want to just continue living the lie, and really, it's not even just about race, right? That could be race, it could be sexism, it could be sexual, like, your sexual preferences. Like, the people who want to keep believing the lie are going to just keep their head in the sand, especially if it's in a situation that's already benefiting them, you know? Like, um, but the people who are being marginalized by it or the people who have realized that they can't stand by and let people be marginalized by it are like, this is clearly propaganda. Right. Like, and it's, I just thought that that was super well done Mm -hmm. um, in that particular scene also. So, yeah, I did not think about it that way, but now that you're saying that, yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense that that's what you saw from that scene. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting also, I just wanted to really dark punch in there. The face. I mean, it's I think I mean I find these books fascinating for many reasons, but this is part of it is just the um and I think she handles it so delicate like so well and so delicately and like I like that she hits you over the head with it without making it feel like she's hitting you like right like it's it's very much laid out right there in front of you and she's not really making any attempts to hide any of it but it also doesn't feel like she's beating you over the head with it and Mm -hmm. I think um yeah she's done a really good job with that I agree um okay can I just tell you though so the part where she she being late finds out that um, Ira is dead. Ira, E-I-R-A, the other mistress that had been training them. Um, and she has this big moment where she's like, oh my God, she was executed? And I was like, what else did you think happened to her? See, I was like, naive. This is where I yeah. struggle with her character sometimes. <laughs> or like, no, I not totally thinking that. that the uh, paper <laughs> like, girls were going to be used against her and like not expecting their execution. <laughs> like, seriously? I know. I was, she was like, she was executed. I was like, what did you think happened? Did you think that the king was finally like, oh, you know what? Go ahead. You're fine. You can leave. Right? Be gone. Well-deserved vacation. And, like, actually let her go on a vacation instead of sending her to, like, their equivalent of Siberia or whatever. Right. I was was like, Lay, honey, what? I was like, why are you so shocked by this? Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, had the exact same reaction. Oh, 
Also, um, do you remember what me- Moon Chosen means? Like, no. <laughs> I don't remember at all, like, what the significance is, why she's so important, why everyone thinks she's oh. so important, if she's, like... Can I tell you? <laughs> I also wasn't even sure that I had heard that term before this book. So they were like, she's the Moon Chosen. And I was like, y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. She sure is. <laughs> no, I, I remember also, it being I, a huge deal in the other books and, like, very foundational oh, to this plot and, like, why she... That is, part was gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I had no recollection of it. <laughs> um, I also... So I had a part at some point in here, too, where I was... I was like, what does Moon Chosen even mean? I also have a note somewhere in here, and I'm like, okay, did I forget what this sickness is. I was like, has this sickness been mentioned before? And I was like, how did Ren get it? I was like, what is the sickness? Like, <laughs> I know. I, like, I don't think I I was like, I definitely should have reread these other books. Or, like, yeah, I didn't remember until like the very end. <laughs> yep, exactly. When magic goes away and you're like, oh. Oh, right. It's like the balancing the chi. Mm. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oops, I also I had that issue, and I was like, mm, I think I'm too far along to need to like reread or go back through anything. I'm just gonna keep reading and like hope That's it wasn't exact- crucial to like my understanding the rest of this book. <laughs> oh my god, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was like, oh well, I've made it this far. <laughs> And, like, the thing is, is, right, like, I didn't remember what Moon Chosen meant, but obviously I knew that it was something important. <laughs> but that was about as much as I knew, like, uh-huh. like, <laughs> right? And, like, I couldn't remember how Ren got the sickness, but I was like, this seems bad. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't seem good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Are we the same um, Okay, I... Because sometimes I mean, in a lot of ways, yes, yes, we are. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I have a question. So as soon as they put that bracelet on Lay's arm, wrist, whatever, and they were like, someone else has it, were you immediately like, oh, it's, I always call her Aiko, and I know that that's not correct because it's. It's Aoki, but I, every time, even when I'm reading it, I'm like, Aiko, and I'm like, that's not right, but I don't care. Um, did you immediately think it was Aoki? Nope, I, I totally forgot who she was until she was reintroduced, <laughs> and I was like, oh, right, that delusional one. Right. Did you? Oh, yeah, immediately. As soon as they were like, this... This bracelet's on somebody else's arm. I was like, oh, it's... Well, I said Aiko, but yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Aoki. Um, yeah. I thought it was going to be one of the other paper girls, but I couldn't remember anything about any of them except for Ren and Lei. But okay, then once we were reintroduced, just... then it started, like, coming back. Yeah. And also, can I just tell you, dear parents of these twins, why would you name... Your twin daughters, Zin and Zen. Like, 
did you want to spend your whole life confused as fuck about everything? Like, I have two brothers who are four years apart. They don't really look very much alike. And their names don't sound anything alike. But the number of times that I get Sam and Noah mixed up (laughs) is ridiculous. And they aren't twins, and they don't look alike, and their names don't sound alike. <laughs> I would never get their names, like, I would ne- I would never be correct as their parent. Like, <laughs> and I don't know why, that just made me so irrationally angry. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> I, I knew that names were a thing for you just like in previous books if there's similar sounding names like in fantasy worlds that have been created like it's hard to keep them apart but i didn't realize how emotional you were about the subject i don't know why because the thing is it's like it does it matter to me no like are they great names yeah like it really and that's the funniest thing about this right it's like This actually has no bearing on me at all, and really it shouldn't affect me at all, (laughs) but I get so irrationally angry about it. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, at least I can, at least I can acknowledge that I, it's irrational. (laughs) Like. The first step. (sighs) Yes, thank you. First thank you. Step. Speaking of first steps, so there was quite a few times in this book, especially the beginning part of the book, um, where as we sort of talked 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 about already, um, where um, Kitai would make little steps where you'd be like, oh, maybe he's like moving forward, and maybe he's not going to be as bad as I have this feeling that he's going to be. Um, But the first step for me that really solidified that he was not going to be better, like despite all these little hopes was when Ren found out that he had everybody poison the river. Oh yeah. That was, yeah. And not only that, but then you find out that it's mostly the papers that are dying because of it. And I was like, oh, there it is. (laughs) I was like, that's that first nail in the coffin. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's not going to learn. He's not going to get better. Yeah, I don't Um, think it was that moment for me. Oh, interesting. But what I don't your, remember. Do, do you remember? What, no, oh, I don't okay. remember what either revelation or action where I had that like, oh, yeah, there's he's not actually yeah. redeemable anymore. <laughs> yeah. The final nail in the coffin for me was actually really interesting because it's not his final action by any means. It's really the action that starts a lot of this story. But there's a part... Um, around when he dies, I can't remember if it's before or after, where it's in Ren's point of view, and she's like, well, he sent me to the king to be raped. Mm. And I was like, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, he did. Like, and I don't know why that hadn't 
like it hadn't sunken in maybe because of all the other awful stuff that he had done, especially to Ren, right? Like raising her as a weapon and, and making her put all of this responsibility on her shoulders that was not even first supposed to be there or nor was it actually her response like but it made it like he did all of that horrible stuff too and then I was like oh fuck yeah he did send you to the king to be raped and I'm like that's not anything a parent should ever do biological or adopted or any like it doesn't matter like if you are taking someone's life into your hands and promising to protect them and raise them and care for them, you don't do that shit. <laughs> In case you didn't know that already. Oh, I was unaware. Thank you for clarifying. You're uh, very welcome. Because that was not apparent to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, um, because I think the way that that came about is it was Ren even realizing that that's what her father had done like not having thought about it in those simplistic stark terms or like Mm -hmm. thinking that exact thought or saying those exact words to realize what he actually did um and so i think it was interesting because both you and i had a similar reaction like we had that realization as the character was having that same realization of like Mm -hmm just how bad yeah like her dad's decisions were yeah um the other part that was let's say the middle nail in the coffin right so if the poisoning the river was the first nail in his cannot be redeemed coffin um the second one for me was um after um kana had almost killed Ren and um, revealed that she knew that Ren had killed her sister for her dad. And then Ren realizes that um, Lady... Don't remember, but her mom who had joined their side, right? Ren had taken (laughs) all of that time to... Free her and, and then she, get allies. Exactly. And then she deserts them. And then her father is like, what the fuck were you doing? This is all your fault. And I'm like. And I was so mad at him. I was like, how on earth is this her fault when you sent her to murder that little girl? Or young girl. I don't actually know how old the other daughter was, but not old by any means. But I'm like, Ex- excuse me, sir. You fucking sent her to kill. Like, you made her into a a, 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 a assassin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm getting so mad, I can't even talk. I was so... I was just livid. And, like, that was, like, the middle nail in the coffin. I was like, no. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Ugh, I agree. Did you, um have the same premonition that I did that the king was going to marry Lei. No! You didn't see that oh, coming that was, at all? That was really loud. Excuse me. <laughs> no. Um, I 
didn't. And so when he announced it, but then my mind like went into overdrive. I was like, okay, so why is he like, because obviously I knew it wasn't for what he was saying it was. So I was like, okay, so like, why is he saying this? Is he saying it to divide her more from Aoki? Is it to separate her from the rebels? Is it to like a friend's close, enemies closer situate? Like I was like, clearly there's another side to this, but what is the other side? Um, but yeah, no, I totally didn't see it coming. When did you first get the inkling? Well, so, I mean, it was pretty close to the actual announcement. Um, it was... Uh, my note says, when Mistress Azami mentioned to Lei that her life will become more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, which I think... I don't know if then the announcement of her marriage came in the scene after that where they're all together and they're at whatever formal, like, dinner thing with the king and the court and everything or if it was a little bit later. So it's not like I was, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, I think this is going to happen. It was, like, relatively (laughs) close to it happening, but I was not shocked when it was announced because I was pretty sure that that was going to happen. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So clearly you're much smarter than I am. Uh, no, I don't think that's the case. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you typically have multiple premonitions about books that are usually accurate. I wonder what your percentage is on accuracy. That would be interesting. Yeah. To find out that would be interesting because there's also a lot of times that I'm like almost there, mm, like mm-hmm. because there's a or there's a lot of times where I'm like I've got I got part of it, but like yeah, so like how do we count that and like wait right that <laughs> if we were exactly. trying to do a calculation? So maybe you would have to be like if you get part of it right or you're like a step close, maybe that's a half. Yeah. Interesting. Good, interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I like to just say I'm always right, except for when I'm wrong. Yeah, you do say that a lot. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good... I mean, it's a true statement. Um, it's also really funny to say to people who don't know you super well, because then you say the first part, you watch them as they're like, oh, she thinks a lot of herself. And then you're like, except for when I'm wrong. And then they always crack up, so... It's funny. Um, yeah, you have multiple. Okay, wait, I have a question. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Okay. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, so after they escape the palace and they've met up with they being Lay and the paper girls and um, the General, wolf, what's his name? General. Kenzo, Kenzo? Yes. Yeah. Which um, I totally forgot about him, by the way. I did too. And then I was so excited to see him. At first I was oh, like, and Lil. who is this? Like, what's happening? And then it all yeah. came back to me. Well, not all of it. Right? Exactly. That would be um, unheard of. But, like, I kind of remember <laughs> who he was. Right. I mean, probably more of it came back to me than probably came yes. back to you. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yes. I, uh... Um, so they've, they're fleeing and they're hiding from the aerial 
search party. Um, and I was so mad at Zen. And like, and I get it. Like, she didn't mean to. She got startled and she screamed. Like, I get it. Oh my like, God. The amount of times that I was so frustrated <laughs> with any of them. And I'm like, uh, sorry, they're not battle trained. Like, I can't expect anything. But I, then, right. then another one of them would do something and I'd get equally as angry. Like, I mean, my, my, my biggest thing was like, Blue and Zen were handling it about as well as you could. <laughs> And I just kept getting so irrationally angry at Aoki and Zinn because they weren't. And it, but it's, to- I mean, it's totally understandable why they weren't handling it well. But like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, pull yourself. I felt like Edna Mode. Now pull yourself together, <laughs> right? Like I was just, oh, I was so mad. So then she screams. They get attacked. They. Um, Aoki gets hurt. Like, it's awful. And I had a moment and I was like, why is nobody mad at Zen? Like, <laughs> I was like, why is nobody like, shut the fuck up, like, stay quiet. And then I was like, oh, because they're, I don't know, better people than I am. They realize that she's not in full control of <laughs> her her faculties currently right and I was like I was like good job everybody for being good people good job you're good people (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I I had similar reactions but also I'm just looking through my notes and it turns out that I actually had the thought of the king marrying her oh like multiple like it was still one of the first times that she and mistress Azami had spoken but then I have multiple other things that happened in between that and then him actually making her or like announcing that he wanted to marry her. So it was kind of like a good for you. Point Alex. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have. A whole lot of other things to talk about. We've kind of. I have a couple more. This one's a funny moment. So I loved the boy that was scared of heights that kept flying with. um, The one with the really great archery skills. Yeah. And one of the parts that I laughed out loud was when they've all sort of reconnected, right? And they're like. Um, no, 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 sorry. It's not, it's right before they all re that all of them reconnect, but it's when, um, uh, Lova and Ren have left just the two of them. And then Marin shows up with archery boy. <laughs> um, and... Um, <laughs> Ren's like, you can't stop me or whatever, right? Like, she's like, I'm going to get lay. And Marin is like, um, <laughs> Marin's like, we're not here to ask you to go back. And then, uh, Kuin, the archery boy, he goes, couldn't, couldn't we be? Like, could we go? 
he's like, could we be here to ask them to go back? Like, <laughs> and, I, and I, like, out loud, just, like, cackled. And I was like, I think this is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That he, but I also thought it was, like, heartwarming that he's terrified of heights and he hates flying on their backs, but he's still routinely getting back on and, his back. And that like, he became <laughs> friends with one of the young... Um, more, more than friends. Yes. Potentially romantically <laughs> involved in the future. Uh, Not even potentially. Like, they talk about it at the end, oh, right? Like, about how they're always kissing and, like... Oh. Because when the, I totally cause when the swan already. girl goes... She goes to visit Lay at Lay's p- parent... Her dad's house... And Lay's like, wow, I'm surprised you stopped kissing him long enough to come visit. And she's like, I wish I was there kissing him now or like whatever. And I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. No. Um, so and then I she guess she makes the euphemism about him being little. Oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely want to talk about the ending a bit. But before that. I don't know if you found this as well, but I was looking for more humor in this book because the last book, there was so much banter and humor, um, which I really enjoyed, but I didn't find that in this book. Like, yes, there was some humor, but like, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't that level. They tried to mm -hmm. recreate the whole like merry band, like groups Mm -hmm. multiple times. And it just... I don't know, it didn't hit the same way. I think that was, for me at least, part of that reconnection theme that I liked so much in here. And I think, I actually have no idea, I mean, of course, I have no idea if this is true or not, but it seemed to me that she was using that as a device to show that they weren't a complete group because there wasn't that, like, camaraderie there wasn't that banter there like right and like and it's why you saw it more when we were seeing like Ren's point of view because we had Ren and Nita and Lova and you saw more Mm -hmm. humor and banter in their interactions but it still wasn't quite right but then with Lei because she was still with the paper girls and they were trying to figure out everything there there was barely any right because things were so frictional I don't think frictional is a word but there was so much friction there yeah and then you really start to see it once they've all banded together you know Mm. and like you see it okay a little bit more I can see that I'm gonna I'm going to choose to believe that that's what she was trying to do. It seemed like that was what she was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you say that, I could see that being very intentional. That makes Because make I sense. felt like the, the, the humor got better once it was closer to the end and once they were um, all together. Yeah. I don't know um, why, but I thought... Uh, the name of Lova's horse being Panda was really funny. <laughs> Wasn't that so cute? I thought it was especially funny because there are Panda Mooncast people. Like, it just, like, that especially was so funny to me. Um, 
And I don't know why, but it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know, I thought same. That, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, when <laughs> I knew that at least one of the girls was going to die the minute that Himura was like, oh, no, 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 you're all going to this gift giving ceremony. And I was like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, shit. <laughs> um, but then I was worried all of them were going to die. Yeah, I thought I was, it was going to be all of them. I did not expect it to be Chenna if it wasn't going to be all of them. Like, yeah, I, I, I expected her to be the one. Like, if anything, it would be her... And I, either her and Blue or her and Aoki who would live and the others would be killed. Yeah. Obviously that did not happen that way. I know. It was so sad. Yeah. Ugh. And then... Why do you think I wrote Lay, you dum-dum? Hmm. That's all you got? <laughs> Well, I mean, I have a page number, too, but... Well, we know how well that helps you. I know. Um, hmm. I mean... Oh, when she told Kitai that she would sacrifice herself. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about that, because I was like, if she sacrifices herself, Ren will be devastated and who knows what she would do like just I don't know it was yeah I don't know how I felt about it it was really funny to me because I'd like to think that that would be the decision I would make in that situation like and I think knowing my track record of (laughs) bending over backwards for other people all the time. Like, it seems, like, right up my alley. So, like, while I can understand why she made that choice, as the reader, I could so clearly see that that was a dumb decision. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I was both so understanding and so mad at her for making that choice. (laughs) I was like, oh, you idiot. Why would you make that choice? And then I was like, I mean, I get it. But also, you're such a dummy. Uh, I would have loved to have seen your reactions with that. It was kind of like I was just talking to myself, really. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I was so excited when they killed the king. Because oh. as we were getting closer and closer to the end, I was getting more and more worried that he wasn't going to die. Right. Like, and so I was like, I need him dead. <laughs> yeah, that or, like, if he died, someone else would be there to still keep, like, all yeah. of his followers going. Or someone would kill the queen and her unborn child. Right. I had a lot of... A lot of concerns towards the end yeah. of the book. 
No, I, I totally agree. Um, and then I love that they tore down the walls. I love that they made the palace a women's sanctuary. I love that they named it the Free Palace. Um, yeah. Can I ask you, um, I was, I don't know if I just missed this or was tired or was reading too quickly, but Lei goes back to her home and Ren is staying and like ruling and helping to figure out like how she's she's running the Hano right clan yeah right and so they like roll right back and forth and like visit each other but they don't end up together because they're not living in the same place right I don't think no I don't think so yeah, that makes because me I, sad. Yeah, I don't no, I think they're together. No, no, no I'm oh. saying I don't think that's accurate. Oh, no, oh, I think okay. they're t- I think they're together. I think it's just one Lay was taking the other paper girls to her house. Like she is and then was just staying to like in an adjustment period. Oh, okay, but then she would be going back. That's what I read into it. Okay. Like, especially once they met up again in the magic pocket. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a disgusting euphemism. Um, um, Okay, I like that ending a lot better. Because that was concerning. No, I was, I was very, I very much had the impression that they were still together. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I like the idea. Let's just... Perfect. That is exactly the right way to be interpreting um, the end of this book. Yeah. I'm really glad Leia and Aoki made up. I'm really glad that they were able to find their way back to each other, because I loved that friendship so much in the first one. Um, I know. So, I was glad... That was, I was really glad that they hard. found their way back to each other. I think that friendship breaking the way it did or Aoki becoming so delusional yeah that was just it was that was really sad and very yeah heartbreaking for me yeah um I agree and also just like watching her having to come to terms with everything I mean watching any of them having to come to terms with what happened to them but especially her like it was just so hard especially when she was like I'm pretty sure I loved him and I really thought he loved me too. And even, like, even Lay saying, like, I think in whatever twisted way he possibly could, I, I do think he did love you. I just think that that was not healthy in any stretch of the, like, right? Like, um, he loved you in whatever <laughs> fucked up way he could. You know, like, you know. Um yeah. Did you see the fact that Lova had Ren's mom killed? No. I know. Oh my that gosh. threw me. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely noted earlier in the book when she, like, heard 
Nita and Lova, like, kind of squabbling a little bit, and she was just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, it's, like, clan drama, and just... Oh, for sure. ...wrote it off. When it turns out, yeah. it was <laughs> actually... I mean, something I mean it was clan drama, but don't write it off. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you always oh. know in a book when someone... Something is happening, and then a character... It's just oh, like, oh, yes. that's not a big deal. Or, oh, I'm not going to listen. Or, oh, I'm just going to write it off. That it is indeed a big deal. <laughs> and there is something more that is going to happen here. And it could Absolutely. be very detrimental. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. That's definitely a trope um, for sure. Yeah. And then I love that the Shala, right? That was her name. The demon queen. She named her baby Love. Oh, I thought that was so cute. Also, I'm still really struggling to figure out what these animal humans look like. I just kind of gave up on that, honestly. Because I was definitely picturing, like, Kung Fu Panda meets Zootopia kind of thing. Like, um... But, like, I mean, baby cows just in general are... fucking adorable so like yeah i bet that baby is adorable (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um, i i was struggling especially starting this book and it has like the information about the the caste system yeah and reading that i was like okay i think i understand what's happening here but then the description of the like partially human versus the fully demon or daemon um demon demon i like couldn't figure that out because everyone to me <laughs> seemed like that cuz the demon ones are also supposed to be humanoid at least a little like right so that yeah. that, that, no, for that sure. threw me off for a really long time i like yeah. couldn't figure that out <laughs> no i totally get it um, yeah, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was really well done and I liked that it tied everything up in a nice little bow. It and... did. That, this book was really good in that regard of Lil was alive. The shaman whose name I can't remember was alive. Yeah. I, I feel like this book really tied everything up. But did it in a way that it didn't feel super rushed. Yeah. I feel like that happens so often in series Mm -hmm. that are ending where it's like everything in the final chapter or like final few pages and you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Um, Yeah. But this one was like done over a longer portion of the book and period of time that I really appreciated. I did too. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. Well, um, that has been Girls of Fate and Fury. Um, Join us next time for our series wrap of the Girls of Paper and Fire trilogy. Um, As always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. 
And you can always email us at uniquelyportablemagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye.